Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. that time again 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 and again and again and again been away for a couple weeks um now i'm back and uh you know where you're at fsp crew show um the number to call in is 347-637-3220 i say that again it's 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to jeff and part of the crew and and also me Got a great show in store for you today. It's week four. And tonight, just like every night during the football season, I shouldn't say every night, every week during the football season, we have a Thursday night game. Starts at approximately 830. Old town rivalry. Old, old rivalry. Long goes way, way back. I think the uh, Packers lead it 94-93, and I think they got a couple ties, give or take, in there. Uh, it's an old one. Of, I think it's the oldest rivalry, if I'm not mistaken, in all of football. Before I, before I start talking football or talking sports in general, because there's a, been a lot of things going on, man, uh, not just in football. I mean, we could talk about just in football the controversies that have been going on and the heads of state jumping in, but it's, it's football. I mean, not football, but sports, man. Oh man. Talking about um, things happening within the last week. Uh, we are going to get into some of it. Hopefully uh, um, we can uh, get as much as, as in, as in the hour that we have allocated for ourselves. But without further ado, like I always say, let me bring in my brother from another mother, my fellow Jersey guy, Double J, call him Jeff the Joker. Um, we've been away for a while, and, and uh, we're back together again. Talk to me, Jeff. How you doing, my man? Hey, Jared. It's nice to speak with you. Um, how long are we on tonight? We are on for one hour. One hour. If you can't hang, that's fine. But we're on for not, one hour. Not, I just want to make sure, you know, just mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. I can prioritize because, uh, you know, I, I, I usually have a couple things in mind, you know, before we start the show. So, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Solid. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here. Okay. Well, first, let's get this out the way because the game's going to start in about 25 minutes or so. The Chicago Bears – going to visit the Green Bay Packers. The lowly Chicago Bears, um, 
that are desperate for wide receivers have two dynamic running backs in Jordan Howard and Tariq uh, Cohen, um, another uh, rookie bursting on the scene. Like I said in the beginning of the season, now I didn't think about Tariq Cohen was going to be like this, but I said there was this class is probably one of the best classes I've ever seen coming into the league running back wise. And it, it has proven me to be right. Um, Tariq Cohen is one of these surprise guys. I think he's like five, six, five, seven, but he's liquid dynamite. I should say he's um, um, not liquid diamond dynamite. What's the other thing? Uh, ni- nitroglycerin. He's, he's nitroglycerin because, because he's liquid nitrogen. When he, when he gets the ball, things happen. He explodes down the field. Um, uh, he's he's electrifying. So the Green Bay Packers and their defense are going to have to contend with a playmaker uh, uh, such as uh, uh, Tyreek uh, Cohen and also their very solid running back that is no slouch himself in Jordan Howard. Uh, that makes up for um, uh, uh, Devontae Thompson, uh, Ken- Kendall Wright, and, and um, Zach Miller, who's the tight end, and for the quarterback in Mike Lennon. Now, Chicago hasn't won a game yet, if I'm not mistaken. They're one of a few teams that have not Ooh, won a game I, yet. I think they're one and two. I think I thought they were one and two. Who who they beat? Oh, shoot. You know, I, I might have to get up and check that. Hold <laughs> I'm on, usually hold on. Uh, on my computer during the show, but I'm actually uh, – this show I'm doing from uh, – from the bed. <laughs> that, that's all right. That's all right. Hey, yeah. it is what it is. Well, the one yeah. or two, the two it, that's fine. Okay, I, I don't. I'm not exactly sure who they who they beat. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Did they? Did they? No, they, I know who they beat. They beat them last week, didn't they? They beat Pittsburgh. Oh, there on, you go. On, in in overtime in last uh, on in Jordan Howard uh, run. That's exactly who they beat. They beat Pittsburgh in a surprise in a surprise win with um um Ben Roethlisberger in his usual his usual thing on the road with a below par um performance and and the team quite naturally and it includes Le'Veon Bell who I got questions on about but we're not going to get into to, to that quite yet. I want to talk about the game, the Green Bay Packers, who pulled out a uh, a win against the um, who did the Green Bay Packers play last week? Oh my God, I'm, I'm getting brain dead here. Green Bay Packers last week played because they just pulled it out. I think they first they uh, play in Cincinnati because that was uh, the second C- game of the doubleheader. Yeah, exactly. And they and they it was in, in overtime and they won that in overtime. That was the first. In fact, that was the first game Aaron Rodgers had won in overtime, and the, also the first game Aaron Rodgers had beaten Cincinnati with zero and two, if I'm not mistaken, playing Cincinnati, which is a surprising stat. In fact, both well, they don't play every stat. year, so those stats sometimes you know it's not like it's a divisional opponent and. I mean, how many overtime games has Rodgers been in? Because there's not that many of those, you know? I mean, uh, so th- those those numbers sometimes are uh, minor aberrations, no big deal. 
Okay. I'm I'm just put, putting it out there yeah. as as yeah. as a, as a, as a uh, I wouldn't say crazy stats stats he was yeah, zero two yeah, against it's, Cincinnati. It's notable. It's, yeah. it's notable, but you know, once in a while they got they they put a little too much into those you know minor numbers like that. You know. Yep. If it was a divisional so, opponent, that would mean something. You know. Yes. Yes. Well, they're, they're playing a divisional opponent, a long-standing opponent. Um, today and Chicago had a pretty good defense, um, and, and and a pretty good backside of that defense. So it's going to be interesting. What Devonte Adams, uh, uh, um, a coming back from injury, Randall Cobb, who's supposed to be playing today, and Jordan Jordy Nelson, along with Marcel Marcellus Bennett, and a running back in um. Uh, Ty Montgomery, what they're going to do against the mentioned um, pieces that I talked about on the opposite side um, on the offense in Tyree Cohen, Jordan Howard, Kendall Wright, Devontae Thompson. I'm trying to think. uh, Zach Miller, there's another one. I know I'm forgetting it. There's another wide receiver out there uh, for Chicago. But they're they're pretty nondescript, let me put it that way, compared to to the wide receivers that they have. And, and the guys they have sitting on a bench in um, um, Green Bay. So this is probably one of the few times I'm going to, to uh, uh, pick a winner because I don't normally pick winners and losers on any of these games. I usually just pay attention and concentrate on the fantasy relevance of um, these, these uh, players that are involved in the game. And – on the Chicago side, the only relevant guys that I see that I think will be relevant are the two running backs. Um, I think Kendall Wright is the uh, uh, default number one wide receiver because of all the injuries they've had. Um, and the uh, Kevin White, quite naturally, um, he was the de facto uh, number one, but he can't stay healthy. He's been a bust since he was the number seven pick in, um, I think, two or three years ago. So he's he's been a total bust. I don't see, I don't perceive Kevin White to be on this team next year. Um, I think they realized that this was his, probably his final hurrah in Chicago, and he couldn't stay healthy. And I think they're going, he's going to, at the end of the season, he's history. Uh, and they're going to be heavily looking to uh, upgrade their wide receiver position because that's one thing that they're lacking. Uh, they need playmakers, and they don't have them um, in, in abundance in Chicago. And on the other side, it, on fantasy, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, and even Randall Cobb. Um, Aaron Rodgers like to spread the ball around. Quite naturally, he has his favorites, and that'd be number one, Devontae Adams. Excuse me, number one, Jordy Nelson. And number two would be Devontae Adams. And number three would be Randall Cobb. And quite naturally, the uh, uh, wide receiver slash running back or running back slash wide receiver is also always in the mix in Ty Montgomery, who's been getting, I would say, 95% 
if not more, of the, uh, of the uh, snaps and carries in the backfield. Uh, you see a small sample of what Jamal Williams can do because he doesn't get that opportunity. Um, it's all the uh, Ty Montgomery show back there. Um, and I'm surprised because, you know, he's a converted wide receiver. And you would think that you would try to lighten the load. Uh, maybe maybe later in the year they try to lighten the load, Jeff. Uh, but right now he's got the heavy – he's got the uh, workhorse burden of uh, carrying the football and doing whatever else it takes to be the starting running back for Green Bay. Um, I know I've talked a lot, and I'm going to sit back, Jeff, and give, have, give you a chance to give your analysis on these two teams and their fantasy relevance and anything else that you want to interject about this matchup for tonight. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, a great NFL rivalry. Uh, you know, you, you know, it's, it's – uh, you know, it's one of the things that makes the NFL uh, worth watching, you know. And sometimes, you know, uh, the Packers have been pretty good for a long time. But um, even if both teams are lousy, this is usually a good game to watch. And if one of them's lousy, they're still usually going to put up a good fight against the other one. Um, you know, you just can't underestimate the importance of a divisional game. So, yeah, I really like – well, everybody likes the uh, the running backs um, – of Chicago, and for fantasy purposes, they're probably the, the only two relevant guys. And uh, this is, I think, a rare situation. If this continues with the with the Bears' offense, that um, you could have two running backs on the same team who are worthy fantasy starts every week. Um, you know, maybe both RB two, but still, um, you know, you don't see that a lot. It happens once in a while, but uh, not every year. And uh, yeah, uh, Tariq Cohen, the Bears got Eddie Goldman. Uh, like to wish them a happy new year. Um, <laughs> um, yep. You know, uh, I don't, I don't know about Cohen because he's, uh, you know, he's he's a rookie and, uh, but I, I I don't think Eddie Goldman is Jewish. But I do remember, you know, I, I noticed the name, um, you know, and you you can't always tell by the last name, but I'm sure people must ask him about it. Um, um, you know, I'll tell you, um, you know, Cohen lines up a lot as, um, you know, as a wide out and, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I just, I had this thought recently, um, because there, you know, there's a, you know, a, a Duke Johnson in Cleveland, he lines up wide, you know, sometimes depending on the game plan. And then, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Ty Montgomery moved from uh, wide receiver to running back. And I, I'll tell you, I think in the future, the way it looks in the NFL, there's going to be maybe a little less differenti- differentiation between the uh, running backs and wide receivers. Maybe we think we're going to see more wide outs, even if it's just occasionally line up in the backfield, and maybe the, the better receiver running backs maybe uh, lining up wide more often. I, I think it's kind of interesting. The only thing I could compare it to is maybe – in the NBA now, there's less rigidity about a player's position. You know what I mean? I think it used to be, you know, they want to, you know, an NBA team, you know, 
you you want five guys in there, and you got to have, you know, a center, power forward, small forward, shooting guard, point guard. And now it's a little more flexible. You know what I mean? And, and maybe it's going to be yeah. the same thing with running backs and wide receivers. They're going to, uh, you know, I mean, I, I tell you, you know, you see now once in a while some teams they'll put the wide receiver, line them up in the backfield for a play. Good chance, you know, if it's a guy who's good good with the ball, you know, after the catch, good way to just, boom, put the ball right in his hands and, uh, you know, maybe he can make something happen. You know, uh, I think uh, if he's not in the league anymore, they used to do that with Percy Harvin, uh, trying to think some other guys. And I saw somebody do a play like that on Sunday. I always liked that play, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's safer than maybe, you know, doing, a, you know, a, an end around or a reverse or whatever. But, you know, I'll tell you, you know, there've been some very good receiving running backs, but it's been a long time since one was moved to wide receiver full time. Yep. You know, I haven't, you know, I'm surprised it hasn't happened more often, but it, it hasn't. And man, maybe it might, you know, who knows? But, you know, it's a lot different catching out of the backfield than lining up wide. You know, that is, it is a big difference. But, uh, you know, you don't, you don't see it that much, though, surprisingly. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, let me uh, get to some news I just, uh, I just happened to, to, to come upon. Um, one, let me, go, let me go this route, that uh, – um, we all know about what took place last weekend, um, starting a week from yes, uh, tomorrow, uh, when um, our commander-in-chief decided to interject his thoughts on um, the NFL football players and what he thought that, what, about what they were doing. Um, and that all took place over the weekend, including Monday night football. Well, this is Thursday night. Um, and I'm going to read something here that, um, I, two things, one, one positive and one possibly a negative. Um, I'm start with the positive and it's about, um, star quarterback from the green Bay Packers. I don't know if you know about this Jeff or not, but, um, I'll let you know. Well, you'll, you'll find out when I start reading this article, um, the, the headlines on the article says Aaron Rodgers makes incredible gesture to Green Bay police before Thursday night football game. Aaron Rodgers is the class act through and through. Last week, the Green Bay Packers quarterback found himself in a bit of a controversy as he posted numerous social media posts supporting his teammates and fellow NFL players who were protesting the national anthem. While he didn't take a knee or sit himself, he did stand with his teammates with arms linked during the anthem. Now Aaron Rodgers is making sure to let the public know that while he may support those protesting the anthem, he still got love for those in uniform as well. To prove it, Rogers took to Twitter to announce that this week there will be a no Rogers ticket hunt, as he had instead elected to give his tickets to police officers from the Green Bay area. Aaron continues to prove himself not only to be a team leader and great player, but someone who continues to fight for what is right in our country. And at the end of the sentence is keep on keeping on Aaron. Now, for those who don't know, um, and I just recently found this, not recently, but over the last few months found this out, that uh, Aaron Rodgers, as tough as a, as a competitor he is on the field, he is a deeply religious person, extremely religious person. Um, so um, it doesn't surprise me that he would do something 
um, like that um, to uh, give tickets to the police officers from the from Green Bay to show his support of uh, uh, law enforcement. Um, and then and then that's the positive. Let me go to the negative because um, this is probably the first or last to happen uh, because of what took place over the weekend. Uh, and the head- headlines is this. Lines Akeem Spence says his protest during Anthem cost father job opportunity. Akeem Spence said his protest during the National Anthem cost his father a job. According to a tweet Thursday that the Lions' defensive tackle, a contractor refused to hire his father because Spence kneeled during the National Anthem on Sunday. Spence's father, Floyd Spence, operates Spence Concrete Contractors in Navarre, Florida. Spence was among eight Lions players to kneel during the anthem. He even took to his Instagram account to post a picture of him kneeling with his teammates, which included Amir Abdullah and Tahir Whitehead. He has also been vocal on Twitter about the protest, calling out President Donald Trump and reiterating he won't just stick Spence sign with the Lions during the offseason after spending four years with the Buccaneers. He said he made a decision to kneel in last Sunday's game in response to Trump's comments about players kneeling during the anthem. All right, Jeff, I gave you a positive, and then I gave you a negative. It's, the floor is yours. You know, um, I, I saw that about Spencer. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, it's not good, but, you know, these are the consequences sometimes. I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, you know, you got freedom of speech, freedom of expression. It doesn't free you from the consequences. And the consequences are people might not want to do business with you or your family. I mean, uh, Colin Kaepernick found, found out that the hard way, you know. Um, uh, that's life. I mean, it stinks, but that's life. Now, um, I didn't hear about Rogers, but I did hear about – and this is stuff we should hear about – is uh, – about the generosity of uh, uh, Deshaun uh, Watson. And, I was going to uh, get to that. Right, right. And you know what? You know, uh, he's obviously very talented, and I think he's a, he's a leader. He's a winner. And, you know, the, the NFL needs big-time quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, a lot of the better quarterbacks are older, and, you know, you have to wonder who, who the next one's going to be. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, – He's one of them. So, uh, and, uh, you know, he made a very nice uh, gesture to help out some uh, ladies who uh, think lost a lot, maybe lost everything in the, with the hurricane. And, and you know what? If you read, if you read the, uh, to the bottom, uh, about 10 years ago, um, Watson's family was uh, the beneficiary of uh, the generosity of uh, Warwick Dunn. Yep. So, uh, and, and you know, you you don't hear about the work done because uh, he he was uh, did a lot of philanthropy off the field. And this is a guy who had to deal with a major tragedy in his life. His uh, yep. I don't know if you're familiar. You know, his mother, his mother was, was police, uh, an was armed police security officer. guard. Um, I think she was a security guard, but like an okay. armed security guard. And um, right. she was she was killed in action. She was killed on yep. the job by a bank robber. Yep. And, yep. and, you know, 
poor uh, work done, I think, was a young man, you know, maybe 16, 17, 18 years old, and he was the oldest in his family. And, and you know, he's got to take the responsibility of taking care of the younger siblings and whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, fortunately, they were able to keep the family together, and uh, he made it to the NFL, and he, he tried to help, uh, you know, families in need, and he did. And, uh, you know, he even, uh, you know, I, um, you know, that's a lot to deal with and uh you know it's i don't know it just reminds me of my friend's little brother you know he he had a lot of problems as a teenager and he seemed pretty normal and it's like wow he seems pretty normal but then he started having troubles in his 20s i guess you know and i were it done you know he was well into his 20s at this point and uh he was you know he was having some problems and uh a couple of his teammates i think when he was with tampa um because he also played in atlanta they uh, they encouraged him to seek professional help, and uh, you know he was reluctant at first, but then he uh, you know he he came forward about it, and you know I'll tell you those teammates of his were good friends. Those weren't just a bunch of bums you drink beer with. You know what I'm saying? Because they 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 would they were they cared about him. They were concerned about him because there's some people they don't give a crap. You know you're just a warm body to hang out with, but something happens, whatever, they don't care. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, was very impressed with work done. I mean, he was a great player, but he's also he's a very impressive man. You, but you don't hear about him. You hear about the bums. You hear about the jerks, you know. Yeah, God forbid you ever hear about the work done. You know, it's funny. I don't – I haven't heard much from him since he's retired. Um, I mean, maybe he's just comfortably retired. He's probably still doing the philanthropy. But I guess, you know – but these guys, if they don't do the broadcasting and uh, they don't get into trouble, you don't hear about them too much after they retire. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he's uh, enjoying his life. So. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, and quite naturally, you 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 alluded or you mentioned that. Excuse me. Deshaun Watson did some good things. Um, with his first game check. Um. And uh, he seems like he may be the – and we'll have to wait and see, um, but all indications are from the first game he's played up until the last game he played in New England, we may, be see, see, we may see the coming of – he may not have been drafted in the fourth round, um, drafted in the first round, but he, he may be uh, uh, the next, uh, next thing because um, he uh, – he torched and damn near pulled a game out that no rookie has ever done in Foxborough. Um, and no rookie has ever put the kind of uh, um, yards up in Foxborough that Deshaun Watson did. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, he's got a pretty good test against a division rival in the Tennessee Titans. The next two or three games are going to be home. So it's going to be a test. He's got, it, he's got the t- Titans uh, uh, coming up this weekend who are – going to be a, a, a contender for the division title. So it's a relatively big game because it's a division game. And we'll have to wait and see if he rises to the occasion. All right. I want to move over because right now we got about a little more than a half an hour. So I want to move over from the NFL. I don't want to talk about um, in the NFL about the, uh, our illustrious uh, grand leader um, of the country and his comments um, 
Uh, it's uh, it, I just don't want to get into it because you can spend a whole freaking four hours on this, but I'm not going to go that route. I want to go this route because I think this is huge. This is huge. Um, and it's already had repercussions and rippling effect. It's the total rippling effect hasn't taken place yet. If this is just a small, uh, um, uh, uh, small wave into the water, but I think there's a lot more to come. We've had four coaches, four coaches get arrested for um, a bribery scheme. Uh, Chuck Persons for Auburn, um, Lamont Evans, Emmanuel Richardson, and also Anthony Bland. All arrested by the FBI. That's unbelievable. It's not, this is not going to be a slap in the wrist. This is going to be, if they can get convicted, years in prison um, for taking bribes, working with so-called managers, advisors, as in Christian Dawkins, Munis Sood, Rashawn Michelle, and also um, sports company uh, affiliate, I think it's Adidas, alleged sportswear company fraud scheme, that these uh, individuals also got arrested in James Gatto, Mary Merle Code, and Jonathan Augustine. Um, all were involved in a web of bribery and, excuse me, bribery, bribery and uh, funneling money or getting to funnel, get ways to funnel money to players and their families to get them to sign to um, whatever uh, school that Auburn, for one of them, which was the, um, Chuck Person was the assistant coach. And uh, Already the repercussions, in, in, and one of them was Louisville, already the repercussions is two guys that uh, committed to Louisville that backed out of their commitment because their head coach, one of the notable head coaches in all of basketball, Rick Pitino, is, 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 was said to have been taking a unpaid leave of absence. In essence, he was fired. Okay, I don't think it's official yet, but in essence, he was fired because of what took place. And from what I understand, Jeff, now they already were looking, waiting for the uh, punishment that was taking place for the scandal they had earlier. Um, uh, um, and but supposedly, twice, twice. Players were players had gotten money funneled to them between a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand apiece to a couple of players that took place within the last few months. So even though they were looking to find out what was going to happen to them, the, the practice of, of what this is all about was still going on. So, like I said, people, this is just a small ripple in the water. Um, I can I can believe that there's a lot more coming, um, and uh, once they start turning these guys, I'm talking about the FBI. Once they start grilling these guys and getting them to turn um, to, for for a plea deal or whatever, that 
um, more heads are going to roll. Ron Pearl. I don't know if anybody knows who Ron <laughs> Pearl is. He's one of the slimiest. If he's one of the slimiest head basketball coaches in the whole country, and I'm not, I'm not mixing any, mincing any words, and I'm not misstating what I'm oh, saying. Excuse me. I, I thought his name was Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl. I'm sorry. Yes, Bruce Pearl. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Bruce but, Pearl. But I agree. He is a slime. Yeah. He was in Tennessee, and he did the same slimy stuff uh, in Tennessee um, and was banned, I forget, for whatever, whatever amount of time. And then he happened to land a job in Auburn University's basketball program. And here we go again. His assistant coach gets uh, uh, caught up in this web. Now, I can almost guarantee you that Bruce Pearl knew what was going on and that his head assistant head coach, Chuck uh, Person, who used to play professional basketball, you would think that he would be able to say, no, nah, man, I, I can't deal with that because I got too much of a reputation that would be in jeopardy if I did anything underhanded to do that. Now, they had wiretaps. They had all kinds of surveillance on these guys. So they, they have a, 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 a quite a bit of solid evidence. So you, I can guarantee you, Jeff, these guys are going to turn on their head coaches and whoever else was involved in this um, scheme to funnel money to the players and their families. Talk to me. You know, uh, I mean, this, this is no joke. I mean, the NCAA, no. they try to do investigations, and they have no power of subpoena. This is the real deal. This is the FBI. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking the full-blooded Italian, uh, you know, uh, pro wrestling uh, group, you know, because that was a, uh, ECW. <laughs> they used to yes. have, yeah, FBI, full-blooded Italian. They were, they were very yes. funny, actually. Um, yes. But, uh, uh, and, the, the, and this, is very, this is very telling. The NCAA didn't even know about this. And this wow. is a yes. very complicated investigation. But you know what? There's been a lot of talk for a lot of years that there's a lot of sleaze. And it, a lot of it is the sneaker companies, but also it's the sleazes like Bruce Pearl. Yeah, he's having a good new year. Um, never liked that guy. And, uh, you know, hey, you know what? Auburn, they knew he was a sleaze when they hired him. So uh, they shouldn't be surprised. And you know what? I I, I hope – I mean, uh, Louisville, they, they, they've got recent violations. They don't do – they haven't done this in a long time. I, I wouldn't mind them seeing – I have nothing against Louisville, but I wouldn't mind seeing them get the death penalty just to, I think, you know, I, I think that may make happen. an example and, 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 and you know, just show. And, and the thing is, if they, if they did get the death penalty, it wouldn't be as harsh – as uh, SMU in football, which is the last time it happened, because this way Louisville could start from scratch, and uh, I think it'd be quicker and easier to rebuild a basketball program than a football program, because in basketball you could bring in a lot of uh, junior college transfers and whatever, and, and, and you could probably have a 
competitive team within a couple of years because also you don't need as many players as you do in football. And, and you know what? Sometimes you got to put the sports to the back burner. And you know what? I mean, you know, they had the, you know, the stripper and prostitute scandal just what was that, last year, I think it was, you know. Yes, and yes. I, I think now with, you know, uh, it might be with Patino and Pearl. There might be some plausible uh, you know, but a, a plausible deniability, which I think, uh, you know, they could have said to the assistants, hey, I, I just want this kid. I don't want to know about it. But, the, you know, there there was one of these uh, top recruits. All of a sudden, you know, it, it didn't look like Louisville was in the mix. He might not have even visited there. Then all of a sudden, boom, he's committing to Louisville. You know, uh, a, a lot of sleaze and – you know, it makes you wonder what's going to happen. I mean, the thing is, I think the only thing that would be worse maybe would be uh, a point-shaving scandal, which hasn't happened in a long time. Um, not to say it doesn't go on. I mean, it, it might, but, uh, 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 you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. And, uh, you know, that, and this is just talk. Somebody's talking about this would be a good opportunity for the NBA to – really uh, emphasize their D-League. And, you know, the thing is, I guess because there's a lot of tradition with college basketball, which, believe me, college basketball is not what it used to be. Uh, many fans don't pay attention until uh, the tournament. But but if you live in a place like Louisville, Kentucky, then, then you do pay attention all year. It's a big deal. Um, that, um, uh, you know, like baseball. There is college baseball, but, you know, even guys who play college baseball still go through the minor league system. So, you know, uh, nobody has a problem with that. What if, you know, uh, basketball became more like baseball? I mean, the thing is, it wouldn't – I don't know if it would be good for the NBA because it would cost them more money, but who knows? They could probably develop these players better, you know? Um, I mean, it's been a joke because so many of the the top players – are the one and dones, and they're not even one and done. It's maybe a half a year. It's one semester and done, because uh, a lot of these guys they don't even bother going to classes the second semester because they're so sure they're coming out. Um, you know, hey, in Europe, they you know uh, a lot of the good European players they have a good minor league system and they go through that, and you know nobody's crying about that. I mean, I think for a lot of these guys. You know, college is, you know, it's not for everybody. It's it's beneficial to a lot of people. But what's, what's the point of going to college if you're not going to go to college, if you're just there for hoops, you know? Um, you know, if that's the case, then why don't you just be honest and skip the college, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. The, I, the thing, and I guess because of the past, you know, people – the thing I don't like about college sports and, you know, where I grew up in New York area is more about pro sports. Um, but, you know, I have paid attention to college sports. I never liked the way that people deify some of these college coaches. You know, it, it's not usually the Patinos because he had a couple of scandals, but, you know, let's say uh, people deified Paterno. And you know what? I mean, He's a man. He's flesh and blood. He's not a saint, you know. And, and right. some of these guys, like I, I, I can't stand Lou Holtz. I, he's an excellent coach. Don't get me wrong, but I always thought he was a scumbag. Um, 
you know, and he, I think he had some minor run-ins with the NCAA, but like a lot of times guys like him, they know how to play the game, you know? Um, and, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, Patino right now looks very sleazy. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, when he was head coach of the Knicks, oh, I loved the way he coached that team. So, you know, maybe a lot of these guys need to coach the pros, you know? Um, right. Because, you know, then it's all about it's all about hoops. You don't have to deal with eligibility or recruiting. Um, and, and believe me, he, he had the Knicks running, hustling, defense. He was playing, I think, usually 10 guys every night. Uh, loved, loved the way he coached the Knicks. Um, but, you know, the thing is, everybody knew him as a, as a college coach. And even though he, he was an assistant in the, with the Knicks a few years before, I think it was before he was uh, head coach of Providence. And, you know, that, yeah, when he, you know, he goes way back. I mean, uh, when he was uh, head coach of Providence, you know, he took them to the Final Four. And, uh, you know, that, you know, made the Big East take off, you know, because believe me, when I was a little kid, East Coast college hoops was nothing. I mean, was absolutely nothing. I mean, you just, all the big stars from New York, Philly, Boston, whatever, everybody wanted to go to UCLA, North Carolina, Kansas, and, and the schools here got slim pickings, you know. And within right. a very short time, the Big East, boom, put, put East Coast, uh, you know, college hoops back on the map. Uh, and you know what? It's funny, uh Rutgers just got in trouble for uh, football. Now I'm curious if this current basketball uh, scandal is going to spill over to football because sometimes it does. Because um, also you want to talk about a sleaze. Louisville's uh, their uh, head football coach. Uh, <laughs> that guy's pretty sleazy. Uh, uh, Bob Bobby the Weasel uh, Petrino. Um, but now you see Rutgers violated two rules about cheating. First rule is don't get caught. Second mm-hmm. rule is win. <laughs> I mean, Rutgers cheated, and they didn't even win. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I guess, the, you know, they, they were good enough to win in the Big East, but not for the Big Ten, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, and the coaches that were involved, and I have a list of them right here, and, and, and some other characters. Lamont Evans, an Oklahoma assistant coach, Oklahoma State. I got to get that right. Oklahoma State assistant coach who allegedly accepted 22,000 in bribes to steer current athletes to the University of South Carolina. And he also allegedly did the same while at Oklahoma State with Dawkins and Sued. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who Sued, Dawkins and Sued are in a minute. Rick Emmanuel Richardson, an Arizona assistant coach who allegedly accepted bribes for, from an un- undercover agent. Uh, and also Dawkins ensued. Some of the money was retained by Richardson and some was given to a recruit named in documents as player five with the intention to Richardson to steer Arizona players to retain Dawkins and suit as a manager and financial advisor, respectively. Um, Anthony Bland, a USC assistant coach who allegedly took $13,000 in bribes from Dawkins and sued. And an undercover agent one to steer USC players to de- retain Dawkins and sued as their manager and financial advisor. 
Bland also directed Dawkins and Sue to pay $9,000 to the families of two student athletes at the university. And uh, uh, this is just uh, assistant coaches. Last but not least, Chuck Person, associate head coach at Auburn. Rashawn Michelle, a founder of a clothing company based in Atlanta and former NBA and college referee, introduced persons to cooperating witness one who had a financial advisory business business management service. Then $91,000 in bribes were allegedly given for a person to influence Auburn players to use cooperating witness number one services along with Michelle's suit business. Uh, what are the charges? Jim Gatto, Merrill Code, Christian Dawkins, Jonathan Augustine, and Munish sued face charges of wire fraud conspiracy, two counts of wire fraud, money laundering conspiracy, Lamont Evans, Emmanuel Richardson, Anthony Bland, Christian Dawkins, and Manoush sued face charges of conspiracy to commit bribery, bribery, solicitation of bribes and gratuities by an agent of a federally funded organization, um, solicitation of bribes and, and gratuities by an agent of a federally federally funded organization. This is the Lamont, Emmanuel Sanders, Anthony Bland, Christian Dawkins, and, and Manu Sood all involved in that. And conspiracy to commit honest services fraud. I don't exactly know what that is. Honest services wire fraud in uh, South Carolina, Oklahoma State, Arizona, and USC. Wire fraud conspiracy, travel act conspiracy. Um, and Chuck Person, Rashawn, Michelle face charges of conspiracy. Solic- solicitation of bribes. Um, where am I at? Uh, consp- conspiracy to commit honest services fraud. Honest services fraud. Conspiracy to commit fraud. To commit wire fraud. Travel act conspiracy. I, I don't know what those two are. Um, what schools are involved? In a complaint on the Department of Justice's website, the enrollment numbers in states listed from schools named University 6 and University 7 appear to identify Louisville and Miami, South Carolina, Oklahoma State, Arizona, and USC are named because of assistant coaches who allegedly took bribes. Allegations involving Louisville, man, this is, this is a lot. Wow. I don't know if I'm going to get to all this, but allegations involving Louisville complaints alleged that James Gatto, director of global sports marketing for Adidas, Merrill Code, and an Adidas employee involved with high school and college basketball programs, Christian Dawkins, an employee of an agency through uh, May 2017, and Manush Sood, founder of an investment services company, as well as others, conspired to illicitly funnel $100,000 from Adidas to a player identify as player 10. That player is believed to be McDonald's All-American Brian Bowen, who committed to Louisville in June. Dawkins sued and UC, uh, that's the undercover agent, one, allegedly paid the father of Bowen an initial $25,000 in an attempt to secure his commitment to the university. However, there was a delay in securing $100,000 from Adidas to pay the player's family, in which Code told Dawkins that he might have to lean on a senior executive of Adidas to finance the payments. There was then a meeting three days 
later on July 27th with Dawkins, Augustine, undercover agent, cooperating witness, and a Louisville coach discussed payments from Adidas to another high school basketball player. Later, undercover agent introduced Dawkins to another undercover government agent acting as a business associate of his. Dawkins then explained the different schemes used to defraud by him and other defendants. Man, there's so much here, Jeff. Um, it's and I'm just it's finish- very complicated. Very complicated. Wow. Fine. And, and I, let me finish this, this one about um, um, Louisville. Um, uh, I'll finish this. Uh, financial records show that the funds from Adidas were used to reimburse Dawkins for the initial $25,000 payment to Bowen's father. Bowen's father and Jonathan Augustine continued to receive, receive payments to ensure that they would remain with the agency Dawkins aimed to start in the future. And I'm not going to go into allegations involving Miami, uh, whether the NCA involved this, but, but let me put it this way. Um, Louisville, just like you alluded to earlier, is going to get the death sentence. There's, there's no doubt in my mind Louisville is going to get the death sentence. And um, deservedly so. Um, I think they did a, a lot of underhand, uh, underhanded stuff here, and I think they're going to pay the price for it. Um, and it, all, all you all you people out there that are listening, all you have to do is go on Google and 2017 uh, college basketball scandal, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Live and in living color, um, and uh, you won't be. Oh, I should say you'll be very surprised that. And it looks like, like I said, these guys are going to have to make a plea deal of some type and turn 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 on um, uh, whoever to try to get the best deal they can possibly get uh, because it looks like they got them. Um, um, dead cold or cold, whatever you want to, they got him, they got him, and, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be any way that, that they can weasel out of it. This was probably, this is probably looks like with a very detailed um, investigation, leaving no stone unturned. So when they finally decide to uh, come out from under the covers, and arrest these guys that they had solid evidence and uh, to go forward once they uh, they they made arrests um, of all the all the players right now involved and there's probably more to come. Let me put it that way. Don't know who, but there's probably more to come. What's your thoughts, Jeff? We got about eight little more than eight minutes left. You know, um, it, it's kind of unfortunate that. Uh... Uh, University of South Carolina is uh, implicated in this because, you know, it was such a nice story, them going to the Final Four, because this is uh, a school without a great basketball tradition. And, uh, you know, it it, it really taints that. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, uh, UNLV, it seemed like they, uh, Jerry Tarkanian was at war with the NCAA for years and uh, I think the media portrayed him to be a sleaze. But, you know, the NCAA, they're pretty sleazy, too. They do very sloppy investigation. And what, what they consider to be evidence would never hold up in a court of law. 
and they act like a court of law because they could, they could ruin a career or ruin several careers. And, uh, you know, Tarkanian was the kind of guy he wasn't going to back down because, uh, he knew that their evidence was very flawed and I don't think he was a bad guy. I mean, I don't know exactly where the truth lies, but I don't think Tarkanian was the sleaze that many portrayed him to be. And, uh, mentioned before SMU got the death penalty, which they deserved because they were out of control. Um, and, you know, it's funny, the UNL, some of the UNLV and the SMU supporters said the same thing, that they were kind of singled out because they weren't traditional powers. And that's, yep. you know, sounds like a good excuse. But, uh, you know, Louisville's been uh, a basketball power for a long time. You know, I, Absolutely. You know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, Denny Crum was the coach and they were, uh, you yep. know, he, I think he won a couple of national championships and, uh, um, you know, it's not like all of a sudden they started playing good hoops over there, but, you know, uh, mm. also key figures in this are the assistant coaches, you know, um, mm-hmm. and maybe these guys, they'll justify it. Like, Oh, I'm not getting the big bucks like the head coach, but you know what? Even if that's true, you know, sometimes right's right. Wrong is wrong. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, sure. Uh, there's, there's gotta be other ways to make money, but you know, it's the assistant coaches. They do a lot of the work. They spend a lot of time with the players. They do the recruiting. They got the access. So, uh, you know, it, it's not surprising. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, I uh, thinking about that movie, what's it called? Uh, he got game with, uh, that Spike Lee movie with, uh, Ray Allen. Right. And, um, you know, this was, uh, you know, a top basketball recruit and, uh, you know, talked about the, uh, you know, the, the recruitment of him and that was real sleazy. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, you know, like, I don't know who wrote that movie. I don't know if Spike Lee wrote it or someone else. I mean, it was a while ago. Um, I'm curious, you know, what was the inspiration for that? And if it was just based on, you know, talk or actual facts or what. Um, and also that movie, there's that movie, pretty good movie with uh, Nick Nolte, Blue Chips. And, uh, you know, he ran a oh, clean yeah. program, but but he kind of looked the other way to bring in some uh, top recruits to save his job. And I remember one, it was, uh, one of them was played by uh, Penny Hardaway, and he was unhappy. And uh, he wanted to transfer, and he said, you know, hey, what about the house for my mom? And he just, Nick Nolte's like, hey, I know nothing about that. That's got nothing to do with me, you know. But, uh, you know. And, you know, I think Patino had a cameo in that movie. <laughs> yeah, life imitating art, you know. You probably, yeah, you're probably right about that. All right. Um, right now, the, uh, um, I think Ty Montgomery went to the locker room with a chest, chest injury. Um, and, uh, but the Green Bay Packers happened to be up on the Chicago Bears, uh, 14 to nothing. I'm not exactly sure. I know Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams has uh, have scored. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has thrown touchdown passes to both those guys. Randall Cobb coming back off an injury, didn't play last game, playing this game. Um, it looks like for the Jordy Nelson owners that you may be getting the short end of the stick this tonight, and it's the Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb show. Um, it's early, um, but – um, I've seen this before. I happen to be heavily in, uh, invested in Jordy Nelson in at least three, maybe four of my leagues out of the six that I'm in. So 
I'm get, I got a big fat zero sitting there for now. Um, don't expect to have a big night if those two guys had, have already scored. And, uh, uh, but it's early. Um, it's halfway through the, the uh, first quarter. So you never know. Jordy can uh, uh, hit you with a 40-yard bomb and give you those double digits in a heartbeat. So we just have to wait and see um, how Chicago plays. Like I said, Chicago's backside defense um, is not that bad, and they're probably concentrating on Jordy Nelson, and that's why you have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb um, running free or being able to get to the end zone from a pass uh, with a pass from uh, Aaron Rodgers. All right, um, we got uh, three minutes left in the show. Um, you got anything uh, else that's on the, on the burner? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I just remembered, and, and I cannot forget this because this guy made a lot of men throughout the decades, not just the, just the few years, decades, very happy. In, in the type of material that he put out um, and the type of things that were displayed in that material that he brought to fruition uh, way back when. Um, notable stars have been in his magazines. Um, and God bless Hugh Hefner. He passed away at the ripe old age of 91. Um, and uh, long live uh, his legacy as in Playboy. Um, and he was an icon, uh, in what he did in soft porn, I would say. Um, but he made it, he made it an art. He, he made it an art, uh, which many people, um, look at still today. Jeff, minute and a half, Hugh Heffern. Wow. Yeah. You know, there were some great articles in that magazine. That's all I know. Um, and I think people, you know, young, young adults of today, they don't realize the significance of adult magazines prior to the Internet and then before VHS. But once the Internet took off, that pretty much killed the adult magazines. But, uh, you know, Hefner... He had an empire. I mean, back in the 70s, I mean, because besides the magazine, he had the clubs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the mansion, uh, you know, uh, you name it. I mean, uh, big-time celebrities uh, were always at the mansion. Uh, and that, that continued into the, you know, the modern day. But, uh, yeah, he had a real empire. Um but, you know, times change. Magazines aren't what they used to be. And, um, you know, uh, running out of time, I wanted to talk about your visit to the Hall of Fame, but, you know, other stuff. But that, 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 that could wait because uh, I love the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, um, there's a song. Maybe you could play it for the show on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Um, Heads are going to roll by Judas Priest. And uh, that's what uh, looks like is going to happen uh, with this uh, FBI investigation uh, okay. yeah. into oh, yeah. uh, college hoops. And uh, good song, uh, Heads Are Gonna Roll by Judas Priest. Uh, but I'm curious who they're going after. Because usually, you know, there's certain guys, like I'm curious who they're who they're really going after. And 
I, I wonder if anybody's going to be stupid. If you're not who they're going after, don't perjure yourself and get yourself into big trouble when they're not going for you, you know, but right. some people do that, you know? So, uh, but this is for real. This is, this is the FBI. So, uh, yep. and you know what, these guys brought this on themselves, you know? So, uh, you know what? Yeah, don't, I don't want to sound like, uh, the theme song from Beretta, but don't do the crime if you can't do the time, you know? Yep. All right. We come to the end of the show. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me tonight, Jeff. Uh, tune in um, on next Thursday, which would be the first Thursday, believe it or not, people, in October. It would be October the 5th. Um, wow. We're in October already. Um, fall is not too far behind, and winter is not too far behind that, unfortunately. Um, tune in on 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon where Vic and I will be on the FSP show. And quite naturally, I will be back on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with the master plan, giving you the, um, the scoop, the poop, or whatever, on uh, fantasy football for the um, this weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday games, I should say, and also Monday night football. That's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, be the master plan. That being said, I want to thank, uh, like I said, for you guys listening. Um, he also catches us in the archives. And, and Jeff and I will be back again on um, um, next Thursday. See ya. Yeah. It's Mr. Anchor. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew.